The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich men Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts Hey fam, I'm Jada Pinkett Smith, and this is the Red Table Talk podcast. All your favorite episodes from the Facebook Watch Show in audio. Produced by Westbrook Audio and iHeartRadio. Please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Could you imagine being in a group and loving everyone equally? No. It's being called the new relationship revolution. Polyamory. Engaging in multiple intimate relationships at the same time. With nearly half of marriages ending in divorce. The main reasons why divorces happen is infidelity. Less couples are saying I do. And more young people are experimenting with a new kind of love. How did you feel when I told you that I was polyamorous? It feels like it's really all just centered around sex. Don't get frustrated, Willow. Redefining relationships. All right, we brought your boyfriend with you. Remodeling romance. How many other relationships are you involved in right now? Rewriting the rules. You consider yourself a poly newbie. Is traditional marriage a thing of the past? The history of marriage really irks me. Stay tuned. I have to interrupt because I I am struggling here. I am struggling. Willow. Back at the table. Willow and her polyamory explorations. I love it. Do you believe in monogamy? Being with one person romantically and sexually till death do us part, honey. For many younger people, like Willow, the answer is no. (laughs) Instead, they are choosing polyamory, which means having multiple emotional and romantic partners at the same time. This has been a journey for you, Miss Willow. How did you make this decision? With polyamory, I feel like the main foundation is the freedom to be able to create a relationship style that works for you. 
and not just stepping into monogamy because that's what everyone around you says is the right thing to right. do. So right. I was like, how can I structure the way that I approach relationships with that in mind? Yeah. Yeah. Also doing research into polyamory, the main reasons why monogamous relationships or why marriage why divorces happen is infidelity. Yeah. yeah. For somebody like me, it feels like it's really all just centered around I mean, I'll give sex. you an example. Let's say you haven't always been the kind of person that wanted to have sex all the time, mm -hmm. but your partner is. Right. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be the person to say, you know, just because I don't have these needs, you can't have them either? Right. Yeah. right. And right. so that's kind of one of the reasons why I actually was interested in poly because I was introduced to it through kind of a non-sexual lens. Right. Okay. In my friend group, I'm the only polyamorous person and I have the least sex <laughs> out of all of my friends. So how did you feel when I told you that I was polyamorous? When you were like, hey, this is my get down, I was like, I totally get it. Wanting to set up your life in a way that you can have what it is that you want I think anything goes as long as the intentions are clear. You know it, what I mean? To everyone yeah. involved to and everyone, to yourself. Really more to yourself Self. than anything, yeah. right? And I know that there's a lot of beauty that sits outside of the conventional boxes. Let's not negate just the simple, um, because there, there are people that still enjoy marriage as it is today. 100%. Yes. I happen to enjoy being married, even though I've been married several and times and I've thing. been through. We There's don't want it wrong with this that. This isn't about changing a paradigm that works for people. Exactly. This isn't about that. It's, it's about, about being able to have the freedom to create a okay. relationship for well, then yourself. I'm good, then. It's almost like you're born, you go to school, you go to college, you get, you get married, married, you have, you have kids, kids, you have to pick a fence. But a lot of people have done that and felt unfulfilled in their lives. Right. But I also think you have to be careful in these particular dynamics because they can be a little distracting. Meaning, you have to be careful in monogamy too. That you can do. be distracting as no, well. No, <laughs> but here's here's the difference between monogamous relationships. Yes. When you have those monogamous boundaries, you're actually forced to have to not just listen to what I'm saying, okay? Just take a minute, just listen to what I'm saying. When you have those boundaries that are put in mm -hmm. and you aren't giving yourselves the opportunity to go call Jane or to go right. call Robert when things aren't going well mm -hmm. within your, right. in your relationship, totally. right? It makes you have to Confront and look at things in a different manner. 100%. Right? So all I'm saying is that in these kinds of dynamics, in just being careful that we're not trying to dodge the raindrops. There's comfort in that it provides to almost like a social order. Yes. To life and setting boundaries yeah. and commitments. Most people right. are practicing monogamy because they feel like they have no other choice. Right. We all know that most people out here doing unethical non-monogamy right. any unethical. damn way. That's the whole. You know. What that's mean? called cheating, y'all. Yeah, that's. Most people's out here 
just acting a fool. But that's also why it's important to be able to have the discussion beforehand, which is where I think people fall short, especially today. Because let me tell you something. Having been married four times, Rodney and I had some... (laughs) No, Rodney and I had some serious conversations. You have to. About what does this mean to you? Even even outside of the counseling that you get from your pastor before you get married. Because most people that get married... You know, will get counseling from their from their pastors because there is a religious aspect to it, a God aspect to it, Jada. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And we had deep conversation about what does this mean to us? Yeah. What do we want to create for for ourselves? And we actually talked about polyamory. Mm-hmm. Was that something that we wanted to explore? We had that conversation. But see, the difference is, is that you and Rodney have lived so much life, mm-hmm. right, right? Right. So right. when you're talking to a twenty year old, yeah, who is thinking about being married. So let's see, I got married at 25. Wow. 25, 24, one of those, Jesus. <laughs> and the problem is, is if you go into a relationship thinking that this is going to be exactly how it is today, mm. till the day that I, you die, that I die, yep. you're in trouble. You're yep. in trouble and you're sadly mistaken. You're sadly mistaken. Now, yes. regardless what the dynamic of the love is going to be. So 100%. whether it's five people 100%. involved, whether it's just two people involved, you know, and whatever it is, it's going to change. It's going to change. That's, that's and that's the where the conversation comes in. Exactly. It's the practicing monogamy has to be a choice that you make, yeah. exactly. just like practicing polyamory. Absolutely. 100%. So that's the thing. That's the only part about marriage today and monogamy that I think is antiquated, that monogamy has to be your Default. choice. Yeah. Right. It can't be because I'm told I'm supposed to do it this way. Right. That, my dear, exactly. is deeply antiquated yes. and no longer works. I guess I'm not really clear on what, what it, it offers you. Could you imagine being in a group and loving everyone equally? No. Whether it be platonic or not? Mm-mm. Wow. Well, then I don't know what to say. That's because yeah. of Gam's ideas around love. Yeah. Here's the one thing I want to talk to you about. This has really been something that has been a, a personal journey for you. What are your feelings and ideas around marriage as you know it today? The history of marriage really irks me. Yeah. <laughs> um, just the history of marriage as a whole and what it has represented over the years for women in particular. I feel like the only way that I would get married is, let's say me and my partner or partners wants to help people and we need to put our finances together in order to make that vision happen. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I could see myself getting married. So um, there has to be a common purpose. Yeah, there has to be a purpose beyond, I think you're killed. And, and that goes for any relationship. So yes. whether it's polyamorous, 100%. whether it's a relationship just with yourself. 100, yes. It needs to be connected to something greater than you. Because I think the reason why so many relationships are not working is because it's steeped in self-gratification. Gratification. And that is going to get you in trouble every single time. Yeah. I feel like If you're going to be married, I think one of the things that has to change is the idea that I need a husband, we're going to have... No, 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 no. Yeah. What are you planning to build together? What are you planning to do together? What is the purpose of your togetherness? Because it has to be bigger than the two of you. 
when I look at Justin and Haley, I they're really... They're a beautiful couple. They're a beautiful couple, and, but not to say that they won't have their difficulties, because oh. they will. But here's <laughs> the thing that I love about how they've started their relationship. They agree on God. Yes. They want to serve God, and they want to love God together. And so that is always their North Star. Yeah. So... Coming to the table is a polyamorous young woman who's in a relationship with a married man. Meet Gabrielle Smith. She practices solo polyamory, meaning she has multiple partners and doesn't consider any of them more important than the others. Aaron is her platonic life partner. Doug is her sexual partner. Alex is her boyfriend. Alex has a wife. Alex's wife has a boyfriend, Jeff. And they're all down with that. Gabrielle has been very open about her relationships and has become a leading voice in the ethical non-monogamy community. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. My name is Johnny B. Good. And I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. 
you can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. It seems extremely confusing to me. (laughs) I don't understand it. Gab, I need to hear everything you got to say. I just want to say I'm so happy that you're here because I see a lot of, you know, white people talking about this specific content. And when I came across your page, I was like, oh, my gosh, a young black woman speaking her truth about this. That was my whole big thing. The face of polyamory is mostly white people and that's not my reality and I knew other people felt the same way and the more you see that this is something that exists and this is something that's possible for you the more people feel like empowered how did you come to understanding you wanted a polyamorous Mm -hmm. relationship and the first time I had heard about it I was reading fan fiction the main character was in a love triangle the two guys were supposed to duke it out to figure out who would be her love at the end so very barbaric yeah very barbaric (laughs) It was like a vampire thing. (laughs) At the end, they kind of got an equal score, so she just picked both of them. Right. And I was like, wait, this is so much better. Exactly. Like, this is possible. And then I was in my first relationship when I was like 17 to 19. And a year and a half in, I was noticed I was like looking at other people. And that kind of opened the idea of like, okay, maybe we can do a polyamorous relationship. And then I met Alex and that kind of solidified things for me. All right, well, she brought your boyfriend with you. And he is married and also has other romantic partners besides you. I want to just start getting a little bit of background from you for a second, because we're deeply intrigued, right? Um, intrigued and confused. Oh my goodness. Gammy's okay. confused. I am. I'm confused. Okay. Let's, let's, uh, but let's, it's okay. let's pull the curtain back. Yeah. 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 Let's pull the curtain back a little bit. So, you're married to Bridget. Mm-hmm. So, how did this lifestyle come up for the both of you? We've been together almost 10 years. Got it. And we've been open for about half of that time. Okay. We were about five years into our relationship, and, you know, there's lots of challenging scenarios that happen yeah. in monogamy. Yeah. Commitment is a learning experience. It sure is, Alex, yes. Since the beginning, we're always really candid with our relationships when it came to being attracted to other people. When we would socialize at parties, we'd be a little flirty. Right. And we kind of dug that about each other. Yeah. So one thing led to another, and her and I decided to try to open things up. And I don't think we did it to try to fix our relationship. I've always had this strong feeling of commitment. Like, yeah. I really cherish commitment a lot. Yeah. So for me, it was, it was a little complicated at first to, like, wrap my head around it. But yeah. I was in because I thought that it would be, like, a journey together. Yeah. Totally. So how did the two of you meet? We met on Tinder. <laughs> it wasn't okay. anything crazy. We went on our first date. It was, you were, he was coming from dinner with his wife and a friend of theirs, and we got a drink. Did and everybody come? Or just no, you and No, it was just okay. us, yeah. It was just us. Too soon. Too soon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, we waited a month for yeah. that. 
We clicked. We clicked. Do you and his wife have a relationship? We like have a, a really good relationship. Platonic relationship? Yeah, or? we I don't. Think that's, yeah, yeah you, we don't you date. You have to. You because have to. In order me, to make it work. It's pretty much a requirement if yeah. I'm like dating someone with a partner. Um, we practice what is called kitchen table polyamory, mm -hmm. where like I, at the very minimum, need to meet someone's partner because I need to kind of know what energy you have going on at home. I need to make sure things are okay. I think we're all very lucky because we get along so well. Alex's wife, Bridget, shared why your relationship works for her. Alex is one of the most loyal people I've ever met. Like, more than I could ever even hope to be. Alex is so loyal. Like, if we do skip a date night or if he sees somebody like three nights a week and we haven't had dinner together yet. Like, I know this sounds maybe crazy to some people, but it really doesn't bother me. Cause I, I just know at the end of the day that Alex isn't going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. And I love that she has her own boyfriend because I feel like there's this trend where it's like the men can have all the partners. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, and then always... it's like, oh, once the woman wants to have a partner, it's like, oh, wait, now we're going a little too far here. But it's, it's also specifically you can't date other men. Yeah. yeah. It's That's, like, oh, I'm cool with women. I'm cool but... with women because a woman can't steal my girl from me, which like... Which... Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so I have to interrupt because I am struggling yes, here. Okay. I'm struggling okay. here. I have no really question in any well, manner. I, 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 like, I, I am ready. I just don't understand it. It still sounds to me like the major motivation mm -hmm. is sexual. It's not about, oh, I want to have all these partners. I want to do all of these things. It's just like my sexuality. I'm not specifically attracted to men and I'm not specifically attracted to women or any other gender. It's that I'm open to anything. I want to be able to take opportunities if I feel like they're natural to me. You also have a platonic girlfriend yeah. well, relationship, life yeah, partner. Yeah, we're just friends. But it was deeper than like a normal friendship. It was very intimate. Right. And I think mm -hmm. that's what makes the difference. And that's why I consider her like a life partner. I jokingly call her my wife. We did try to like have sex once didn't and it work. didn't work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we weren't into it. Yeah. Never like literally mutually decided mm, we're good. She is so special to me. And like our relationship has like a lot of depth. Romantic and platonic relationships can be equal to me. Alex, why did you decide to get married in the first place? Because I deeply love Bridget and the show of our commitment to tell each other like this is our journey together. But there was a familial element too. Like we wanted our whole family to be there together yeah. to like celebrate mm -hmm our love and the wedding was amazing it was beautiful what kind of rules or boundaries did you and bridget create for yourselves as we progressed of the bound it was less about boundaries and more about being completely honest and communicate communicative with each other about our intentions about our expectations of one another that actually strengthened our relationship because polyamory forces you yep. to make or break either you figure it out yeah. yep, mm -hmm. or you don't there are times when we're the only people that can host, in which case... I get sexiled. No! Well, or she does. Yeah! Sexiling is when you look at the calendar, like, oh, tomorrow uh, so-and-so is coming over and Bridget is hosting. That means that I need to find something to do. I'll either work late or go see a movie or hang out with a friend or go to the bar. Okay. To be quite frank, we didn't have too many boundaries at first. Uh, okay. We were just interested in exploring. Mm -hmm. and meeting new people and having new experiences, uh, sexual experiences as well. Mm -hmm. I know what you're thinking. So and the other thing is, 
The other thing is, yes, there's a sexual element. Yeah. Right. I do enjoy novel sex, and I don't think there's anything shameful about that. Right. If you're being honest with your other partners about it. Right. Exactly. Gabby also enjoys novel yeah. sex. So does my yeah. wife. It's, it's it's a and that's a part of who we are, and we're not ashamed of it. Well, I think that's great. And a lot I, of meaning. At least you can be honest <laughs> about it, both yeah, of yeah, you, yeah, because yeah. I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of non-consensual. Uh, non-monogamy going on oh, because people will not just be honest. honest. At the numbers add up with all these statistics everyone's throwing around about marriage and how it fails and how it yes. doesn't, then we're all thinking about it. Yeah. We just have to talk about it more. That's exactly. Yeah. It's like, yo, if you're already thinking about it in your monogamous relationship, it's gonna be the same in but your polyamorous relationship. You people just have to be are saying more you shouldn't be thinking about but it. But everybody yeah. is right. But people are and like, I shouldn't, are, and I. But you know, I want to also wanna, put what, in maybe though. one day I'm gonna wake up and a miracle's gonna happen, and I'm just gonna be monogamous, guys. You know, you all are putting too too much on uh, on the negative side of monogamy. It works as if now monogamy is people, not right. No, 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 so no, no, we don't we, we don't want to put that out either. No, we already established that. Don't get frustrated, Willow. Don't get frustrated, because I, I just want to be clear that some people let's, let's, still let's, like let's, monogamy. Yes. Monogamy let's, itself is fine, but when you form a polyamorous relationship, instead of rules, let's think about boundaries and then agreements. Right. Yes. Because yeah, maybe rules that's a better... are very much like, you can't do this. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, a boundary yeah. is, this is something that I would not like. I think the only real agreement we have is fluid bonding, which is like condom usage right. um, with other people. Which and makes a lot of sense because health is a, a big health factor. Right. Health, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's a right health here. Thing. So right. when Alex did have another partner, I asked, you know, I don't want to hear unsolicited sexual details about what's going on. Right. Because that was like for my comfort. It's really interesting because I keep mm -hmm. hearing you referring back to Alex for everything. It seems more like he is more your partner than you think. Because he's like an anchor for me, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Like, I have dated other people, and I would, maybe not right now, but then later I would like to have another partner. Nobody really, like, fully measures up to the level of commitment I get from Alex. What do holidays look like for you guys? We celebrated. Christmas together? And, yeah, we did. And New Year's? For the first time, or? Yeah, yeah. we celebrated. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. It was me, you, and Bridget. Did, did Jeff come? He did come for New Year's. Yeah, so Jeff is Bridget's boyfriend. Jeff is Bridget's boyfriend. We all hung out for New Year's. So we all hung out for New Year's, and um, awesome. my roommate came with us. So holidays, I think we would like them to be like that. Alex, when your girlfriend and your wife don't get along, tell me what that looks like. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no! Yeah. I mean, it yeah, doesn't sure. happen a lot. No, it doesn't. Happen, <laughs> no, but it, it has happened. Sure, so I want to yeah. know what um, that looks like. It challenges my mediation skills. Mm. When your partners get along, it's easier to manage your time. Yeah. Because they can yeah. do things together. The Google Calendar is red hot if your partners don't get along. Polyamory is not for everybody. No. Disclaimer. Um, it's not for everybody. Yeah, not. I would think that that would be extremely challenging. It doesn't have to be such a laborious task if you understand and you believe that love is not a limited resource. Nobody can take Alex away from me. Right. And he's married. <laughs> right. A lot of people will be like, well, what if Bridget decides that she just doesn't want to do this anymore? I asked him this, like, at one point, and he was like, it's just not going to happen. And it's because me and Bridget always talk about our issues exactly. before they become issues. Can you give me an example of what you're talking about? Sure. Uh, if I know I'm going to be late, 
I'm mm -hmm. with somebody else, but Bridget is expecting me to be home at a certain time. I gotta warn her ahead of time. Exactly. Yeah. I can't just let her assume and be home on time and then show up late and disappoint her. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have to manage your expectations with your partners. Monogamous people can't even do that. And that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's like finding well, like, that's my main point. That that level of honesty and and being able to have the courage to explore in this way so that you can actually get to a more authentic exactly. relationship. I concurrently can manage multiple relationships, just like I can manage multiple friendships. Exactly. Previously, I had three partners at one time. How did that work out? I mean, how did that work for you? I mean, it just was, <laughs> It was challenging. I do run my own business, so that's like almost like another commitment. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. it was challenging for sure, really stressful. So you had four partners. <laughs> wow, yeah. I honestly couldn't see myself going past two I outside either. of my yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. How many other relationships are you involved in right now? It's just my wife and Debbie. But now after the pandemic, I'm still excited about opening up my relationship totally. to other people, but not in the same committed way that I am with Bridget and Gabby. Okay, got it. So, join the table as someone who just started exploring polyamory. Hey everybody, welcome to Across Generations where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married yeah. at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation <laughs> yeah. that didn't have to deal with Instagram and that. Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. We create magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. My name is Johnny B. Good. And I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, 
opened my email and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. A couple of years ago, 28-year-old Gabrielle Alexa Noel came out as bisexual after a strict religious upbringing. Now she's opening herself up to the polyamorous lifestyle. Hi! Today we have Gab and Gab. <laughs> the two Gabs. You consider yourself a poly newbie. I am. I was just single, but then dating polyamorous people. And then I guess I thought one day, like, I mean, I could just have this for myself. How does your family feel about you being a poly newbie? Um, they have no idea. <laughs> There's... Uh-oh. I was very indoctrinated into the church, and they had me sign, like, a purity pact. And there was, like, a lot of measures of control that were baked into the way that I was raised to look at relationships. I just know that they would not understand it, and I would love for them to come to that understanding, and I think one day they will. They just figured the bi thing out. They're just like, okay, like, science says that's okay, I guess And now. you do have to pick your battles sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Right, you like, can't come out as bi and then you go, and I'm polyam. You gotta yeah. be like, I'm bi, let's work on this for a couple years. Right. And then you come out as polyam. Well, I mean, you thinking they're not gonna see you on this show? I or? know. I was getting ready to say, they get ready to find <laughs> out. Like, well, Better be ready. <laughs> if they did ask me, I'd be ready to give them my take on it. I actually relate. When I first became public, I became public. I didn't tell my family ahead of time. I lost the nerve. I was so nervous. And they found out the way everybody else found out on the news. So oh, no. uh, that was harsh. Uh, and I had to work from there. Yeah. So I made a mistake. You know, I should have found the nerve. I should have told them and warned them. Because there's a social stigma that comes with that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't give them a chance to start emotionally preparing themselves. So mm -hmm. I do apologize for that. I think they're starting to become more comfortable with it. They sometimes even ask me about Gabby. Yeah, I've spoken yeah. to your mom yeah. on the phone. Yeah, I'm very open. Like, I'll tell them what I'm doing all the time. And sometimes they're ready to hear it, and sometimes they're not so ready to hear it. I'm just working on them being more accepting of me, and then maybe one day, who knows, maybe they'll invite Gabby over. Yeah. I'm very, I'm hopeful. They haven't disowned me, so that's, <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. That's what thing. you're worried about. That's right, that's what I was exactly. worried about, yes. Yeah. How has it been kind of navigating those jealousy waters? Because I know... When I first started, and I was all like idealistic about it. And then I got in the situation and I was like, whoa, there's a lot that needs to be addressed mm, within yeah. myself that maybe I need to step away from this situation and address these things because I actually want to like go into this situation with a more, um, how shall I put it? Uh, a more like not broken mindset. Like I'm, <laughs> like I'm not coming into it like feeling like I'm at a lack. Yes. You know what I mean? Like coming into it feeling fulfilled and feeling like I can actually handle this. I have the tools. I have the security within. And I just want to know because you're new at this, like how has that journey been for you? 
prior to polyamory. Yeah. I was always going through someone's phone or like their, Ooh, or their Facebook messages. Mm -hmm. okay, like yeah. I was, and I was so sneaky, I was so good at it. I was like, this is just something that's just like, I think everyone must be doing in their relationships and I've just normalized it. And now that there is like no secret for me to find the meaning of finding out that someone's interested in someone else, like that search for cracks, it just like no longer exists. Yeah. I would have so much work to do that's the myself. whole point. That, that's what I was just trying to, <laughs> to tell you. To be in a polyamorous relationship. <laughs> that's I, real deal. Jealousy? Yeah. Woo-wee! Yeah. I did Jealousy is nothing but your own insecurity. That's yeah. your own skin. Yes. I did things that I never, that I said I would never do when I was in my fits of jealousy. Yeah. And oh my God, That yeah. made me realize just how much, like, I need to step back and work on myself. Yeah. yeah. It, it really puts a mirror up for you to really look at how you really feel about yourself. Yeah. I just think I want yeah. a different yeah. mirror, though. <laughs> that different mirror, this, this is what makes people so angry when you even bring up this whole polyamory thing as an option. Yeah. How the hell? Is that supposed to work? You mean I'm supposed? No, 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 no. The whole threatened. reason why I'm in a relationship is so that you can make me feel a certain way yeah. and you can validate me in a way that I won't do it for myself. Right. So, right, right, right. especially for women, women mm -hmm. are like, hold up. My man is looking at who, or my woman is looking at who? Oh, no. I'm supposed to be the only one up <laughs> There's so here. many layers. You know what I mean? So I really realized that how much we use our relationships to bolster mm -hmm. our egos. Yeah. You know, which has absolutely nothing to do with love. Nothing yeah. at all. Yeah. You cannot be an insecure person for a long no. time and, and be in this game. Absolutely oh, no, not. That's absolutely not, not. Just like I told you, you the other day, as long as you are learning to have the greatest love affair with Willow, yes. I'm okay with whatever you do. Exactly. Yeah. So Effie Blue, a relationship coach specializing in non-monogamy, has some advice when it comes to jealousy. Okay. All right, Effie. Hi. Hello. I work with people who are curious about transitioning into or have hit a roadblock in open relationships. Love that. Jealousy is probably the number one topic that comes up when anyone's ever talking about polyamory. It's almost like a fire alarm that's going on in your mind. And all it's doing is giving you a message. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. And just like a fire alarm, you kind of have to like turn it off. So you kind of calm yourself mm -hmm. and search why it's triggered, like what's exactly. causing the fire alarm. You just want to get down to the root of that insecurity and deal with that. And the way that I um, also like to think about that insecurity is also um, giving you a clue to what you really truly desire and what you truly want to have. Then find a way to articulate that yeah. to your partners or find ways to meet those needs for yourself. Compersion is something that's really worth um, talking about if you're talking about jealousy. It's what I call yes. the counterbalance to jealousy. It is um, joy for somebody else's joy that has nothing to do with you. And it comes up in polyamory often because you are in situations where you see a partner or a partner's having a great time with somebody else and they you know, look radiant or they want to tell you all about this amazing person they've just met. In those moments, you get to have a choice. You can, you can feel the jealousy and, and, and look at it as, as a teacher, like, what is this telling me? You can also nurture this feeling of joy for them. Which is the, the feeling of love and happiness that you feel because you know your partner is also yeah. being fulfilled. Yeah. 
Not by you, but by somebody else. else. Real love. I practice polyamory myself and I coach people in this, so I'm an advocate. But polyamory takes a lot of bandwidth. That's emotional bandwidth, that is um, mental bandwidth, Mm -hmm. that's time. And, you know, you have to care for these people. You have to care for yourself. And not everybody has that capacity. And that's okay if you don't have it, right? It's not some evolved, like, higher way of being in your relationships. Mm -hmm. You really have to be realistic of what's available with you. And whether you enjoy it or not, not everybody enjoys all those long conversations about what you need and what you want and what you want the future to look like. Beautiful if that works for you. But it's just not for everyone. Yeah, I agree. You know what, Effie? Kudos, because Mm -hmm. I think it's important that we understand there's not one or the other. It's not, yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? That this is exactly. just another option for yeah. people who have the bandwidth and who want this kind of, you know, um, way of interacting right. in and intimate so relationships. Joining us is Michelle. She is second generation Asian American and wants to normalize non-monogamy in the Asian community. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I love the demographics at this table here because polyamory isn't just for white people. Right. right. So, yeah, I love whenever, you know, we get the chance to, like, amplify voices that are marginalized within an already marginalized community. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Explain to us how polyamory became an option for you. Growing up, um, I was still on the monogamy train, but I had these misgivings. I'm like, well, it seems like the monogamy thing isn't perfect or isn't as perfect as everyone is saying it is. And when I watched movies, like a lot of the time, there was the woman with the two options that she had to choose between, like the love triangle. In my teenage mind, I was like, isn't there a way to have an agreement? (laughs) (laughs) And it just clicked for me. And I've never turned back since. (laughs) So how does your family feel about you being poly? (laughs) So the only person in my family who knows is my sister because we're super, super close. And I have sort of don't ask, don't tell policy with my family. My mom just like wants our family to just be together and no conflict. So I think she knows herself well enough not to pry. Right. (laughs) Because she knows that um, details of her children's lives would make her uncomfortable. And I'm at the point where if they were to see this or something, I'd be okay with that. I'm just in no rush to try to like, okay, here's the conversation. And here's me trying to kind of um, justify this to you. And this is me trying to explain and go through this emotional labor to say that like, this isn't just a phase, mom. This yeah. is <laughs> this is very core to who I am and just deal with it. But yeah, I'm in no rush to get into that conversation. No, I totally understand that for sure. You know, I'm sitting up here and I'm really trying to understand and listen and kind of absorb and everything. But As I'm sitting here, I'm recognizing it's really not all that important for me to understand. No, (laughs) No, that's that's fact. It's not important for me to understand. It's important that I be able to listen without judgment and let you do your thing. And if that means three people, if it means 10 people, if that's what works for you, that's great. It doesn't really have anything to do with me. We're seeking acceptance at yeah. the, at the yeah. table. Exactly. Right. It's not for us to decide for you what, how right. you're supposed to be yeah. living your life. We're not and trying I mean, to break like monogamy apart. It's sort of new counterculture thing. Like, leave me alone. Like, yeah. if, exactly. <laughs> like just let me live my life. Yes. And <laughs> I just want to awesome say, I feel so just excited and seen because I've been, you know, studying polyamory for a really mm-hmm. long time. And 
I just want to show that yeah. there's so much here to be mined and to be uncovered. Yeah. I'll tell you what, this was a beautiful <laughs> uncovering today and burning away the, the layers and the myths mm -hmm. around polyamory. So I really appreciate all you coming. That was a, a revelation for me. Yeah, you <laughs> I'm trying so hard to understand. Well, I, don't, I ain't got to right. understand it. I just need to not have judgment about it. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm good on all that. It might be TMI, but... <laughs> I'm okay with you being polyamorous, Willow. Thank I have you. no issue with it. Now you just see it, like, more in depth. Yeah. To join the Red Table Talk family and become a part of the conversation, follow us at facebook.com slash redtabletalk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Table Talk podcast, produced by Facebook Watch, Westbrook Audio, and iHeartRadio. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich man Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. <laughs> People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in exactly. to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, right. which is different than empathy, yeah. right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.